Happy Mother's Day. Um, my IT man, this young man that works for us full time, asked me to stop using paper. I need to start using my iPad. So this is my first time, so pray for me. <laughs> <clears throat> Today we're going to be talking about born of a woman. And shall we all stand up in the reading of the word? In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you no longer is a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the anointing in your word that will break every yoke. We open the womb of our spirit today, and we give you permission to infiltrate, to mold, to change us into the image of your son. And we thank you, Father, today, that today your word will minister to your people, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Born of a woman. Part of heaven's agenda, a strategic part of God's purpose, the greatest deliverance to obtain eternal redemption for mankind, from slavery to being sons and daughters, calling our God, our Father, that we cry out, Abba and heirs through Jesus Christ. The womb is the place where God planted heaven's seed, his son. The gift was packaged and delivered and launched inside a mother's womb. So all of us today, born of a woman, came from the womb, unless you're a Martian. <laughs> we rise up today and call all the mothers blessed. And so we bless you today, thank you. Give them a big hand. Come on. Thank you. Before the first woman astronaut, before the first woman CEO, uh, or the, before the first woman president, sorry, United States of America, but a lot of the nations of the world already have women leaders, already women presidents, and they got it not because of their gender. It is important for us to understand how heaven celebrates women today. The greatest placement, the greatest calling was not assigned to a five-star general so he can boast about the strength. It was not given to a politician so he can platform his name. It was not given to a billionaire so he can fund his campaign. It was given to a woman with a womb. Motherhood is the greatest liberator the top of the line achievement listed in the heavens. Preachers, prophets, teachers, evangelists, but ah, one who births souls, one who wins souls. Heaven always celebrates. His bride, the church, the blood-bought, redeemed, sanctified, spirit-filled, spirit-led, one with a womb, a church with a womb, a church that's praying and travailing 
that is open for the impregnation of his promise, his word. In the book of Luke, it says, blessed is the church, blessed is she, the woman, the mother who believe, for they, it will be fulfilled, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the Lord. From the beginning, women's issue has always been a part of heaven's agenda. The curse of ruling women has been broken. If you are still there, let me tell you that you are outdated. You are behind the times. You need to get over it. Because God has already declared. The covering anointing is a calling that comes from the blessings of overflow. Covering is very important. And I always say to you, don't leave home without it. Mother's teaching and father's instruction. Listen to your father's instructions and do not forsake your mother's teaching. You shall teach mothers. You shall teach the word to your children. And fathers, you shall speak to them when you sit, when you walk, when you lay down, and when you rise up. Isn't it a wonderful, beautiful landscape to see fathers today reading bedtime stories to their children? The book of Malachi was not just an issue about the tithe. It was an issue about the wife of your youth, the mother of your children, your companion, your partner, your wife by covenant. Because God hates divorce. Because God demands godly offsprings from you. Godly offsprings from our churches. God says, multiply, go and make disciples, give me godly offsprings. Produce your own kind, children of the resurrection. The one the third day in the book of Genesis, seeds, God says he created trees with seeds producing its own kind. God is asking us today to multiply, to make disciples. Seeds. Producing its own kind. The seed of heaven rose on the third day. Resurrection children of the living God. Sons and daughters, my, my servants, both men and women, young and old. It says, my children, sons and daughters, servants of the most high God, both men and women, young and old. In the book of Joel. Because the world and the religious church has placed categories instead of releasing their people by calling. In a democratic republic, that's who we are, the United States of America, a democratic republic, form of government, we, each one of us have the right and the privilege to vote. But this one, we need to be reminded that this is not up for a vote. I always say, let's not embarrass ourselves, please. God just wants us to obey his word. The demands of Calvary has to be enforced. The victory of Calvary has to be enforced. And the agent to do that is the woman with the womb, the church. The church has been asked as an agent by the Lord here on earth to contend against the work of the enemy. Mothers cries morning and night that their children will walk with the Lord. I will put an enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Genesis. Heaven's seed, Jesus Christ born of a woman, 
the head of the church. Every time we stand, and therefore stand, having all done, we will still stand. The body of Christ, with its feet shut, with the preparation of the gospel of peace, will crush the head of the serpent, a direct bullseye against hell's operation. Every time we go and preach the gospel, Satan always have a black eye. Come on, give the Lord a big hand about that. That's awesome. So I want to talk today about the womb. The uterus, as a nurse consultant, I, I like to go back to my, my training. I like to go back to the books that I have read. And the uterus is as small as the nectarine that can become a full-blown large watermelon, quadruple the size when she's pregnant. The uterus is the most powerful muscle in the human body. Excuse me, sorry. It's not your tricep and it's not your bicep. <laughs> The uterus muscle is the most powerful muscle in the body, and it does incredible things like birthing humans. It's a sanctuary, it's a nurturer, it's powerful, exclusive machine. Try expelling a nine-pounder. <laughs> you know, I've been a labor and delivery room nurse, and I'm telling you, the strongest person in the, wall, in the room is the mother. So I just tell the, the fathers, just stay away because your hand's going to be broken. <laughs> so the uterus, I want to let you know, is it doesn't take any orders from the brain. You know, in the anatomy physiology, you know what, when you, your brain can be, uh, commands your muscles, you know, every time you want to show off, your brain is going to tell you, okay, flex your muscle. But the uterus does not need to have a command or direction from the brain. That's why a mother can be in a ventilator brain dead and her womb can still sustain life because the uterus have its own government. Come on. <clears throat> in other words, for our, vocab for, our, for our language today, the uterus is telling, I don't need any debate from Congress, I don't need any analysis from the academia, and I don't need any evaluation from the wicked. Because that transformation of the uterus, when it goes into metamorphosis, when it is ready to deliver life. You know, I, I want to mention two names just to impress you that I kind of know some things. <clears throat> you know, the, the womb, the muscle of the womb called, <clears throat> this is very important, the myometrium. It has individual muscle cells called myocytes. These individual cells does their own thing. But during labor, during labor, they are going to synchronize like a wave that is going to go cascading into the uterus before labor can happen. Did you know that the uterus is so strong that it doesn't really need any pushing? It can expel that own baby. The only reason why you have to push so you do not feel the pain. So when the uterus is contracting as a nurse, I always tell the, the mother, push. So she doesn't feel the pain that is going through inside of her. Because the one that's doing the job is the most powerful muscle. The uterus will expel life because that's how God created it. It is like somebody is leading uh, a maestro, is conducting a symphony, an orchestra that's releasing a sound 
a vibration. Could it be that every time life comes out, God wants to sing? Could it be that heaven is releasing a vibration, a song, because they celebrate your life? Could it be that America has given a notice to the throne that we don't want you singing 60 million times over? Because the Lord celebrates you. He rejoices over you with singing. Mothers, the bride, the church. From your innermost being, I want you to wrestle like Jacob. We need to wrestle like Jacob, church. The womb in our innermost being is going to demand that we will not let go until he blesses us. Because today, we need to speak today. That our healing is not going to happen today. Our healing already happened 2,000 years ago. Today, the womb of the church is going to demand that God has promised that the prey of the terrible shall be snatched away. The captives of the mighty shall be delivered. And he will contend and he has contended with him who contends with us. And he has saved our children. Because the, the, the book said, I have promised to us, I will bring you descendants from the east. I will gather them from the west. And I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Because God has promised you and me that he's going to bring our sons from afar and our daughters from the ends of the earth. It doesn't matter how far they walk away from the Lord. We demand that they come back. That is a woman who is violent for God. That is a woman who allows her womb, the strongest muscle of all, to sit into motion and wrestle with him and say, I want you in my lifetime, in the land of the living, that you give me the promise because this is the laurels that I will bring when you call me home that I will lay at your feet. In my lifetime, I want to see my children and my grandchildren and my nieces and my nephews and my neighbors and the city and this nation come to the Lord. Blessed is the womb who believes what he has promised shall come to pass. And according to your word, let it be. Every time you say amen, every time you clap your hands, you're saying, according to your word, let it be. We are not in a baseball game. The baseball game does not have the monopoly to use the hands of God's creation, to clap hands, to make sound. But God is asking you today, every time you hear my promise, every time you say amen, every time you clap your hands, you're making a seal, you're making an agreement that you're saying according to your promise, let it be. 
So today the Lord asked me to ask you, you are overdue with your Jericho experience. Because the God who trains your hands for war and your fingers to do battle. The God who says, I want you to lift both hands without wrath and without doubt. That every time you and I clap your hands, every time you lift up your hands, I want you to hear the foundation of the prison shake. And I want you to start seeing the doors open. And I want you to start seeing the prisoners go free. Because God is asking you today, you need to understand what it means to worship with your hands. God wants you to understand how it is when God says, I want you to love me with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with all of your being. I don't want you to give me lip service. I want you to mean it when you say, your word according to your word, let it be. So today, as instructed, God is saying to those of you, especially mothers, the hands that clapped when he first said his first sound, the, the hands that clapped when he did his first step. God is saying to you today, I want you to experience a Jericho in your life. I want you to fully understand what it means that every time the church clapped their hands, Get over the baseball game. But when you come to church and when you worship and you lift up both hands that has been trained for war and to do battle, God says the enemy of your life would have to give up your children and your children's children. They have to open the doors and the prison shall be open. So I ask you today on account of three, the biggest clap that you've ever made, just one, not twice, just one clap. And I saw in the spirit, God says, this is only the beginning. When they know what it means, this is the beginning of the Jericho experience. So I say, one, two, are you ready to clap? Just once. One, two, three. There it is. Hallelujah. I have been obedient, and the Lord says, I want them to experience the Jericho from this day forward. So the anointed wombs today, both physical and spiritual, will be opened, will be healed, will be restored. The message today for the church is this, the violated, the broken, the devastated, the discouraged, the barren womb, prepare for labor. The, the Valley Community Church is going to have souls that's going to be birthed and there's going to be live birth as well. I don't know what that means. But uh, those of you who have been waiting to have a big family, this church is going to start putting some new citizens in this pew. <laughs> For the planting of his word and the birthing of his promise, our womb is prepared. Blessed is the womb who believes what he has promised and that it shall be fulfilled according to his word. One, two, come on, clap. You guys should do better in the baseball game. Every time I say, according to your word, it shall be. According to his word, it shall be. <laughs> Hallelujah. Creation, I want to talk today. That was an introduction, by the way. <laughs> there are four points that I want to talk. I'm going to look at the time. There are four points I want to talk to you today. Creation in the womb, the cry of the womb, the conflict against the womb, and the call from the womb. <clears throat> 
Creation continues in the womb. His work has ended, God has rested, and Sabbath has come. But inside the womb, his image continues to be formed. Inside the womb, creation continues with new life. On the seventh day, God has rested because and sanctified and blessed it because he rested from all his work. This is the womb that he is celebrating today. He is allowing this womb to continue his image to be formed inside that womb. In the fifth grade textbook, I want to read to you this womb that God is saying that I rest because Creation continues. Work is over. Sabbath is here. If you have not rested today, you haven't heard. God did not call Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He says, I call it a new day. Today, if you hear his voice, enter into his rest. If you are not hearing his voice today, you just miss Sabbath. When you go home, that's going to... He's saying to us today that this is the womb. In the fifth grade textbook, it says, A human life begins when the sperms of the father and the egg cells of the mother unite. This union is referred as fertilization, beginning of human personhood. I like to send this to Congress. It's a very simple explanation. Life begins at fertilization. Princeton University says. The American College of Pediatricians says a single cell embryo is not just a cell, but an organism, a living being, a human being. Wonderfully, fearfully, the word of God says you have been knitted, created together in the book of Psalms. This one cell, this human DNA is going to split in two. And there is going to be an exact replication and as fast as it's going to create at 50 nucleotides per second. And one cell has 6 billion nucleotides. One cell starts going into and duplicates until you become 100 trillion cells. If you will decode this DNA, you're going to type it in one sheet of paper. It is going to go as far as 12 feet high. Multiply it to 100 trillion cells. That's how intricate, wonderfully, fearfully created you are by the Lord. The cry of the womb, labor and travail. Whatsoever you ask, God says, you can have. But things you can ask. Souls are not things. The Lord has given this church, the Lord has given you a womb. Each one of us in our innermost being is a womb to cry out and wrestle with God. This is the womb that says to you and to me, Father, I thank you for meeting my needs, for giving me the desires of my heart. But today I travail for my neighborhood. I travail for my family. I travail for this country. God is looking for a woman that will continue to bear children. We are at war. And every time something happens to us, we are not going to ask what happened. We're going to ask, what did we not do? The body of Christ is going to lift each other up because we are at war. 
When we pray, we're going to pray that anything when we pray, we are going to defy natural laws. We're going to escape velocity. We're going to break the sound barrier. We're going to exit the gravitational pull of the earth. We're going to uh, bypass the air. We are going to go into orbit. We're going to go to the Holy of Holies. And we are going to be in his presence. And we are going to bring the petition that he promised us in his word. We will declare and speak to the atmosphere. We will landscape and let the promise of his word return. My mother received a box when I was born, a shoe box. And the doctor told her to watch this baby die. But the womb of my mother refused the decree of the doctor. No incubator, six months without taking shower. The sacrifice of mothers. God wants to see a womb that defies the law of nature. We need to be prepared because the enemy has an agenda. They have just started prayer, a 30-day fast. And their agenda is against your health, against your wealth, and against the youth. Their agenda is saying to you that your sustainability, your strength, and your legacy shall be broken. And we dare not sit down and not labor and travail. In one of the countries, restricted countries that I traveled, in an undercover missionary, they wake up early in the morning I was praying, and in the middle of my prayer, I heard a cry. And my, when I was talking to one of the leaders, he told me, you know what's the prayer that they're praying for? The annihilation of Israel, the bankruptcy of the wealth of the United States, and the Christian marriages and the Christian leaders' children will go on drugs, and they will have a divorce. How can we not set into motion the womb of our spirit? How can we not? Allow the womb travail because we are at war. And we need to understand that every time we pray, we go into the finishing school of the Holy Spirit. In the prayer room, we will learn the protocols, the judicial procedure of royalty. The warring generals in the presence of the sovereign ruling monarch of the universe is going to change their posture, is going to change their language, is going to change their countenance, and they come out on our ring. As warring intercessors with the womb, we do not dare dishonor our leaders, our president, office that God has set into motion. And one time I was, I was observing some of my, some of some Christians, and they were complaining and saying bad things. And the Lord said to me, they need to go in the presence of the ruling monarch of the universe that they can le learn royal protocol. Because we have a war. The conflict against the womb, violence. From the day of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent takes it by force. There are no illegitimate children. 
I, the Lord told me to tell you that. There are some of you sitting in this room that the wire in your life started even in the early identity of the womb. But Lord would say to you today, when you touch the womb, it becomes his property. It is domain. And there are no illegitimate children. God is asking us today that there is a violence in the womb today. Because God is giving you the cattle, the, the wealth in the air and the wealth underneath the earth and the wealth in the waters of the sea. But there is a blessing from the womb that God says, it is my exclusive property. You can have the cattle and a thousand hills and the silver and the gold, but the wealth of the womb is mine. The firstborn that will open the womb is mine. Jesus Christ, the head of the church, we are part of the firstborn. We are his inheritance. And God is saying to us today, this is a territory that I keep for myself. But we have violated his image in the womb. We have insulted his name. We have disregarded his purpose and his plan 60 million times over and over. And we dare and have the audacity to ask God to give us purpose, to give us vision, to give us a plan. That we have thrown away God's plan 60 million times over in the United States of America. Every time we violate, we dishonor the womb. Every time... We violate, we, we reject his plan, we thwart his purposes, and we rebel against the truth. And we commit high treason against the throne. I want to share something to you. A few weeks ago, I talked to pastor. I asked permission to deliver this message to you. With all these things that's happening in the United States of America, is there a David that stood up and said, how dare you insult the name and the God of Israel. I will introduce to you a name of a young child. His name is Andrew Philip. As a young nurse, and the Lord started to open my ministry in the marketplace. I refuse to do an assist abortion. I do not stay in the abortion rooms. But the Lord told me, when they walk in, I want you to hug them and pray for them. When they come out, I want you to hug them and pray for them. The Lord showed me a scripture that says, while we were yet sinners, he loved us. But more than that, the Lord showed me that in the midst of your sinning, I have decided to love you anyway. In the midst of your rebellion, I have decided to embrace you in a way. Andrew Philip, I saw a schedule in our operating room and I knew the patient because I prayed with her before. I assess, I've been in the operating room and open heart surgery, so many major surgery. But in abortion, the only time I could go was to, and the Lord says, pray for them. Because God says, Mila, I will not allow you to pray for them if you do not love them. This girl, a young girl, came back again 
on the schedule. And I said, is that the same pregnancy? But six months later, I knew in my heart something was wrong. And I said, if that is the same pregnancy, I was taking the risk of being fired that day. I said, if that is the same pregnancy, I demand my right as a healthcare professional. I took a pledge to preserve and protect life. I want to be in that room, but I want you to give me an incubator. That morning, I saw the procedure. It was no longer a regular procedure. It was now an opening of the womb. And I knew it was the same. The first one took his placenta, and then they missed the baby. The baby was eight months old. I was standing in the corner of the room. I was waiting for this child to come out. It took them 20 minutes to drown him inside the womb. When they gave this baby to me, he was bruised. I baptized him, Andrew Philip. I never shared this in all those 40 years. The last few weeks, the Lord told me for a time such as this, because there's a bill in Congress, the right to life. 25 times they refuse to even talk about it. Whether they are Democrats or Republican, I prayed that for 25 years, their political career will be silenced. Because I am standing today and say, how dare you insult the image of the living God. When I received Andrew Phillips, Listen, they were going to put him in the trash bin because he was another tissue that came out from the operating room. I went to the owner of the hospital and I said, I want you to give him a funeral. That experience put a mark in my life to be an intercessor for so. I want to share that with you in the book of Romans. It says, the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only for the, the one that does the same, but also those who approve for those who practice them. My brothers and sisters, you and I, in a democratic republic, must use our vote according to his word. The call from the womb, his purpose. I want to share it and close with this. When God asks you and me to love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our being, as a nurse again, the Lord is bringing me to the books that are read. The first few hours of conception, there is going to be a department in the fetus that is going to have the brain, the heart, and the spinal cord set into motion. And the Lord whispered to me, remember, I ask you to love me with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all your being. From the very beginning, I gave you a brain to love me with all your mind. From the very beginning, I gave you a heart to love me with all of your heart. And I gave you a spinal cord to stand strong so you can love me with all of your strength. 
a few weeks ago, we had an emergency. My husband went to a cardiac arrest. <clears throat> I was telling the doctors, I, I'm a pain because I know, I tell the doctors, I want you to start typing cross marks, to start two lines, start the blood transfusion, move him to ICU. Nobody listens to me. <laughs> so when he had a straight line, I was really upset. I said, I told you. And I ran out of the room because they took me out of the room because, you know, they, it's not good to have a wife that knows all of it. <clears throat> and I want, to, I want to share this with you. When I, went, I was running and the whole way, I said, God, where are you? I, don't, I cannot feel my faith. And the Lord said, I want you to let the warring generals, the intercessors, their faith carry you right now. And in that very moment, I went to the doctor. I said, doctor, I've been married with him for 43 years. And God has a plan for us, purpose. God, we are not done yet. And you, I, I am asking you, you must do everything you need to do. And I'm telling you, the minute I said that, I felt like everybody just moved so fast. Purpose. Because I asked the Lord, Lord, in my golden years, I'm going to be 70 years old. I said, I want to influence the next generation. My children, my children's children, my nieces and nephews. And I want to serve the man who pampered me all my married life. I want to serve him. And the Lord told me, okay, <clears throat> I'll give you a preview of how to serve him. <laughs> I was running all over the place, but I want to close with this because this is a beautiful, and the Lord, that's why this message is birthed today, because there is a purpose for you and a purpose for me. You know, uh, this doctor, after I talked to her, I said, doctor, there is a mission that God wants me to do and my husband together. And then, you know, after he was transferred to ICU, he, she followed me, you know, to the ICU because they, they have compartmentalized right now. They, that is no longer her care. She gave me her cell phone number. And when she gave me her cell phone number, the Lord spoke to me, that's your assignment. The Lord tells us, get over it. You have a purpose. The womb in your life is telling you there is a purpose. So I'm speaking to Valley Community Church today. God is saying to you, that God is going to steer your womb. God is going to open your womb, refresh your womb, and heal your womb. Because God wants you to be a warring, hello, powerful vessel for the king. And you are going to start seeing your Jericho experience. Shall we all stand up? I want to pray for you. <laughs> Hallelujah, Father, I thank you. Lord, I have been obedient to what you want me to share. Father, I thank you that you have showed me that the day is only the beginning. I want you to just put your hands in your inner here. Because God is going to release to you the power and the burden and the travail and the labor of anointing that's going to see birthing of new souls. You're going to see your family come from the south and the east and the north and the west. God is going to say to you today, Father, according to your promise, let the Jericho, the walls of Jericho fall. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.